This is My Child Will Thrive, and I'm your host, Tara Hunkin, nutritional therapy practitioner, certified GAPS practitioner, restorative wellness practitioner, and mother. I'm thrilled to share with you the latest information, tips, resources, and tools to help you on the path to recovery for your child with ADHD, autism, sensory processing disorder, or learning disabilities. My own experiences with my daughter, combined with as much training as I can get my hands on, research I can dig into, and conferences I can attend, have helped me to develop systems and tools for parents like you who feel overwhelmed trying to help their children. So sit back as I share another great topic to help you on your journey. A quick disclaimer before we get started. My Child Will Thrive is not a substitute for working with a qualified healthcare practitioner. The information provided on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat your child. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before implementing any information or treatments that you have learned about on this podcast. There are many gifted, passionate, and knowledgeable practitioners with hundreds if not thousands of hours of study and clinical experience available to help guide you. Part of our goal is to give you the knowledge and tools you need to effectively advocate for your child so that you don't blindly implement each new treatment that comes along. No one knows your child better than you. No one knows your child's history like you do or can better judge what is normal or abnormal for your child. The greatest success in recovery comes from the parent being informed and asking the right questions and making the best decisions for their child in coordination with a team of qualified practitioners in different areas of specialty. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Autism, ADHD, and Sensory Processing Disorder Summit. In order to learn more about the summit and to sign up for free, please go to www.mychildwillthrive.com forward slash summit. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Tara Hunkin. I want to welcome you back to the My Child Will Thrive podcast. Today, we have a special interview for you. We're starting a new interview series where we talk to parents, um, in particular parents that are open and willing to sharing their journeys that they've had with their children, things that went well, things that didn't, and everything in between. So I hope you stick around for this, our inaugural uh, parent story podcast with Dana Ladder. And Dana is, she knows very well the overwhelming feelings of frustration that families with special needs, autism, ADHD, and dyslexia, children with those things going on. She started learning about the subject when she realized that her son was quote unquote different and could not accept the diagnosis that she was given at the time. She knew in her heart that he could overcome his challenges and thrive. She now works with parents one-on-one in a holistic approach based on the Melilla method. So that's Dr. Melilla, which we talk about lots here on the podcast because we love the work that he and all the people that he has trained over the years do in the era of functional neurology. So Dana, I'm so glad to have you here and appreciate your willingness to talk to us today about your story with your son so that other parents like us can benefit from your journey and experience. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And I'm very excited to be here. Good. Actually, why you, first of all, tell people where are we hearing you from today? Like, where are you in the world? I'm in London, England. And uh, my journey started uh, many years ago. My son is almost 17. 
Wow. Yeah. My daughter is 18 now. She just turned oh, wow. 18. So, so we started around the same time, which in, at that time, I'm sure you can agree the internet was in its infancy. So it was really hard to find great resources to, to know where to start. So maybe we'll start with that. Tell us about that process of discovering that your son was having some challenges and what you were told at the time. As I said, my son is almost 17 and his whole development uh, was very delayed. So he walked at 19 months. He didn't speak till he was about four or five. And today I know that milestones matter and <laughs> matter a lot. And I wish I knew it all years ago, but the doctor and my environment kept saying, that's okay, there's a kind of delay, but he's going to catch up and things will be good. But that wasn't the case. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how many of us hear that term catch up. And uh, I don't mean the sauce, catching up when it comes to milestones, because what Dr. Malo teaches people, which very well, as you've been through a certification process, is that milestones matter very much. And we definitely want to be paying attention to when a child is not meeting um, their milestones and that window. And we actually, I recorded a podcast with Dr. Peter Skyer, who is also a a colleague of uh, Dr. Malo's and Dr. Malo mentored him just on that subject matter that'll be coming out as well. If it hasn't already in terms of the timing of when yours, yours comes out, but because there's a lot of conversation about milestones these days as well, because some of the those milestones have been changed by certain organizations. We won't dive into that right now, but what, so what milestones were you seeing? Obviously the gross motor milestone of not walking on time speech. Were there other ones that your son missed? Yes. Like he was crawling in a very awkward way, like dragging his leg and, and the doctors always said, that's okay. He'll catch up. Yeah. So at what point did you receive any diagnoses specifically for your son? Yes, when he was three, the, at the nursery, they referred me to the pediatrician who said that it's not autism, but she doesn't know exactly what it is, and but she doesn't know if he'll be able to speak or stuff like that, and he might always have uh, severe delays. Wow, so what was what did they tell you could do? in order to address those things? Did they give you any options or support services at that time? They did, they gave me like speech and language and stuff, but it really didn't help. Mm-hmm. And it didn't encourage any speech and it just brought a lot of frustration on my behalf and my husband's. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, that's the challenge when we're doing any type of therapy, whether we're doing it ourselves or we're bringing our children into that. Obviously, when expectations aren't set and then also you're not seeing progress, it, it, it yes. becomes well and expensive as well as very frustrating process yes. for people. So when, what, at what point, how old was your son? And at what point did you start to discover that there might be other options for him? When he went into school at the age of five and uh, he got a special assistant in the class, but he wasn't progressing at all. And if they do speech and language, so they had the same kind of activity each time, what comes first, what's uh, and what's next. 
and he didn't get it. And he, they were just stuck at that point of what's first and what's next, like for the whole year or so. And I just got so frustrated. And I started looking at the internet and trying to find other ways. And at that time, the brain research isn't as wonderful as it is today, but I still came across primitive reflexes. Mm-hmm. And, but it was just a few primitive reflexes and we started doing it and he's, he really progressed amazingly. At that time he couldn't kick a ball. Uh, he had bed wetting issues. He, he couldn't speak and he had many other difficulties. And uh, slowly after starting to do these integrations, uh, he was really developing in a much better way and uh, had amazing progress. Wow. So which, so for those of you who aren't as familiar, although we do talk about that here a lot at My Child Will Thrive, but primitive reflexes are the reflexes that children are born with. They're life-saving reflexes as they're born, but they're supposed to be integrated by certain ages. If you want to learn about the, the reflexes we're talking about, we can, we'll link to the My Child Will Thrive toolkit where you can find a primitive reflex cheat sheet that we have that, that references a lot of the Dr. Malo's work, as well as Sally Goddard Blythe, who wrote many books on primitive reflexes. I'm sure you came across those in your early days as well. So which reflexes specifically did you find in your son when you went to do that? You, you, I'm assuming you did a self-assessment at home. Uh, no, so I found out about uh, Sally uh, Goddard's work and her center is in Chester in England. And there's another charity who works there as well. And I contacted the charity, they're called Bird. And they just assess a few primitive reflexes, like they don't assess the Moreau, they assess the ATNR, the STNR, and uh, I think final galant and one more so just work on these four reflexes Mm -hmm. because the main program of that charity is to help people who had the severe uh, brain injury and not so much the autistic spectrum but it did help us a lot so what did, what differences then did you see post? So first of all, how long did you do the integration therapy? And then what differences did you see once you had completed it? Okay, we worked for about uh, three years. And um, I used to do the exercises at home and uh, go and see them like once every three months, mm-hmm. quite a distance from London. And um, and the differences I saw were uh, with his understanding, with his speech, he stopped bedwetting. He was able to kick a ball, to catch a ball, and uh, he was able uh, to learn to write, which he couldn't in school. In school, he was given a computer. He was a smart boy, so he knew uh, spelling, but uh, I didn't think it was important to teach him or to try to work on uh, uh, handwriting. Oh, that's amazing. So that's a lot of progress from one type of intervention um, that he had. How often did you work with him just like once a day? Like how often were those sessions that you did with him versus going to see them, obviously, to have him assessed? So we'd work twice a day and each session would be 20 minutes. 
Yeah. So that's, so a lot of times when we're talking about those things where we're trying to induce positive neuroplasticity, it's about frequency, duration, and um, intensity. So that's really helpful to know that. So after that, what was, what happened next with him? So you made a lot of really important quality of life and progress. What happened next? Then I came across vision therapy on one of my searches on the internet. And I, we started doing vision therapy and uh, we did it for a couple of years and there were also a a great results and his reading improved and his coordination improved and our journey until uh, a puberty. (laughs) Okay. The primitive reflex therapy and the vision therapy had great progress. And I know we've talked about this already a little bit. So now comes puberty in the teenage years, what happened when you got to this phase? And this is not an unusual story. So this is really uh, going to be helpful to parents yes. either if they've already been through this or before that. Yes. So from being this nice, sweet little boy, he became aggressive and violent towards us. And it wasn't the child I knew. It's mm. really hard. So what did you start to look at? because of that so then i came across a, a, a dr malilo's work and uh, i started working with uh, dr daigle and was located in lake charles and uh, we started seeing our son mm. again and uh, he improved in many aspects and we started doing the uh, primitive reflex integration but this time we included uh, many more primitive reflexes like we worked about eight to ten primitive reflexes in comparison to four that we did before and we did a lot of core work and then I decided to study the Malilo course Mm -hmm. and uh, we kept getting lots of benefits all the time. That's amazing. So for people that aren't familiar with the Malilo method and, and what Dr. Daigle does, which is another person who's been trained in that method, but uh, is working, he's working on a number of different things. So what are all, cause it's a multimodal modal approach. And for yes. those who haven't been through something like that, it's hard to envision. So why is it different from just doing what you did before, which was primitive reflex integration work, which had some result, had good results, but not lasting results in the end, as what you were saying to me and same thing with the vision therapy. So why is it different when you went to do the Malilo method in that multimodal integrated way? I think mainly because it speaks um, about a developmental manner that a brain develops. So uh, when we worked before on the vision therapy, so that's considered a top-bottom approach. Or if I tried a, a I forgot its name, when a, a, you do the like brain work, but you've got uh, you, you work on a computer program and all the cables are connected. Yes. Yeah. What's it and called? Which- I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the term you're referring to, but okay. Oh, you're talking about when the wires are crossed. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Yes. 
So uh, that's also considered a top-bottom approach. Yeah. But what we need to do, we need to work on the developmental like the baby progresses. So it's turning asymmetry, it's primitive reflexes, and it's core and the eyes are like at the top of the pyramid. So now I know it's a mistake developmentally to start working on his development from the eyes and uh, as you'd be working on the frontal cortex instead of working in the developmental manner that I should have been doing. So from the brainstem to the cerebellum and then up. Works exactly. is what you're getting at. Yeah. Yes. So doing all that core work, which you know activates cerebellum, the primitive reflex integration at the brainstem level, and then you get up to involving obviously the eyes and eye movements and things like that as you as you go. Exactly, and also looking at the hemispherical work. Maybe the right hemisphere is much more developed than the left. So there's some sort of imbalance between the two hemispheres and uh, we need to create a balanced brain. Yeah. So obviously your son went through puberty. He had a lot of changes that went through because of that hormonal change likely triggered and made him regress. So what, how does, how is his life now? So what, how is the quality of life for him and for you as a family after doing this work? And, and how long did you do the work with the Malaleth method and are you still doing it? Okay. So um, I've got two sons. Usma, a older son, he really progressed a lot and uh, we still keep doing core. And I think that doing core, you know, it's for life to keep yes. you energetic and to keep you happy. And uh, with my second son, who's 13, we're really uh, doing a lot of the primitive reflexes, core. He had a lot of gut issues before, and uh, we did certain testing that showed us inflammation in the brain and that and inflammation in the gut, uh, which we treated. And uh, something to know also for parents who do the primitive reflex integration, that if you don't see any progress within the first six weeks, there's probably some autoimmune problem that you should deal with. Yes, because we have to look at the biochemistry aspect as well. So it's not that the one, if we're not supporting them or there's something interfering from a biochemistry standpoint, then we won't get the same results from the neuro rehab work and vice versa. And if we're, we can do all the biochemical stuff, but if we don't do the neuro rehab, we're just not going to get lasting results. Exactly. And sometimes parents think that they're not doing it, um, enough times during the day or they're not doing it long enough and that's the reason that uh, they don't see any progress and we need to look at the autoimmune as well yeah yeah no that's really great advice can you give me a picture of what what your sons are doing now and what your hopes are for them moving forward based on what the success you're having now okay so uh, first of all my uh, older son had a real attachment disorder with me and before the treatment and after the treatment it was much better he's able to do so many more things by himself he didn't learn for so many years and suddenly uh, now he's 
almost 17, he's, he's doing exams and he's doing well. And just, I couldn't get him out of bed for a couple of years. He just, he was so depressed that he wasn't interested in, in anything. And, and he's got interest in so many aspects and he wants to take the exams and I don't need you know, to pull him out of bed anymore. So that's amazing. Yes. And how is your younger son doing? So my youngest son is uh, uh, still has work to do. He's got a lot of social anxiety, but I'm sure that uh, he'll overcome all these issues with the right approach. And <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah, it's nice when you know you have that confidence and the hope that things are going to change. You just have to stay the course and keep on adjusting as you go through. You now have taken what you've learned yourself and what you've learned through the trainings that you've done and you work one-on-one with clients. What does that look like and how do you do that? Okay, so uh, I've got a course that uh, I do uh, over 12 weeks. Um, We do it over Zoom, uh, people in different countries. And it's based on four Zoom calls with me. And it's um, a lot of it is the Malilo method, but it's also a lot of a sensor integration that uh, I put into my program from my experience through the years. I think my aim is to make the program as interesting as possible. Uh, because if it's not interesting and it's not fun, that you won't succeed. Mm-hmm. And also, I think that something that uh, I added is giving follow-up for the families and having uh, contact with them on a weekly basis. Because if you just buy a program, it's difficult to follow it. You need the, the touch. You need the someone to, to talk to, to see that you're doing the exercises correctly, but also to help you with family resilience and stuff like that to um, to follow up the program and also work with young adults and especially in I've worked with some in Eastern Europe that the research there or the help that they get from the uh, from the country uh, in with autism uh, isn't as advanced and uh, I'm amazed to see how these young adults people of 27 still can progress and it's amazing for the families and without using expensive gadgets just by doing the exercises the only tool that a lot of them use would be the Resimax which isn't that expensive and uh, just with dedication the mother's dedication and doing the exercises and you can see results yeah well you mentioned the Resimax Resimax is a tool that I'm familiar with but many people aren't maybe you can just describe what that tool is because I'll put a link in the show notes as well so yes. people know what is and they can get their hands on one if they're interested but yes. what, what is that and why is that so important okay so uh, when I first started doing the primitive reflexes years ago I didn't know that by adding a vibration with resonance, you can really progress much faster. So if we're talking, for example, about the rooting reflex, put on the Resimax, I'd be vibrating it here and uh, even uh, putting an attachment in the mouth that you just uh, show it here. And 
just a minute. So I'll for be- those of you who are listening, you'll if you go onto the website, you can see the the video and you can see Dana just demonstrating this yes. device. <laughs> yes. Oh, on the hand to integrate the Palmer reflex, reflex, which can help a lot with uh, handwriting. And just as a tool to wake up your nervous system on a daily basis or stimulate your vagus nerve and and do, yeah. So, so the power of vibration and the, what's special about the Resimax has certain frequencies that are, are yes. built into it that aren't in just a, a standard vibration type massage tool yes. that, that things that are out there. And it was developed by a physical therapist that discovered the frequencies and its, its yes. ability to help with people with pain in particular. But now he's doing lots of work with functional neurologists and, and many yes. other areas. So yeah. that's... Uh, yes. Yeah, I met the, the the creator of that when I was at the IAFNER conference a number of years ago. So it's yes, great to see that. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's great to see that's out there and being used in the field and getting such great results. Yes. I, I love yes. hearing all the stories. We are going to put all the links to where people can find you in the show notes. If yes. you had one thing that you could tell that yourself or a person just getting your former self or a person just getting started out with their child and their journey or someone who's stuck right now and doesn't know quite what to do, mm-hmm. what's the best advice that you wish someone had given you? Uh, first of all, I think is to look after myself as well and to find ways to keep calm and keep my energy to continue in this journey and everything's going to be okay but you should look after yourself first that is excellent advice that none of us ever take (laughs) so true so it is actually that is the best advice because if we can't sustain ourselves, we won't be able to help our kids. No. And it's the old oxygen mask uh, analogy that they, or they talk about on a plane when you get on a plane, is that you put it on yourself first so you can help others. So I, first of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to have this conversation with me today and to share your journey with your child so that other parents can get in, inspired as well. And I want to encourage everybody to go to the show notes so they can find um, all the links to where you can find Dana and the work that she does and the resources that she has out there that she's created over her years with her journey with her child. And I believe you have a podcast as well too, don't you? Dana? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And what is that? What's the podcast called again? A sensory change. Sensory change. So if you're, yes. you're looking for another great podcast, make sure you, you uh, subscribe to Dana's. <laughs> Thank you again for being here with us today, Dana. And I wish you continued uh, success on your journey with your kids uh-huh. and with all the clients that you're helping every day. Oh, thank you. And thank you so much for inviting me. My pleasure. So that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me this week on My Child Will Thrive. I'm so passionate about giving you the tools and information you need to help your child recover. And as they say, it takes a village. So join us in the My Child Will Thrive Village Facebook group, where you can meet like-minded parents and stay up to date on everything we have going on at My Child Will Thrive. This is Tara Hunkin, and I'll catch you on the next podcast or over at mildchildwillthrive.com.